Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of Partner Perspectives, the CX Partner Success Podcast Series, where we talk to industry experts, Cisco executives, and of course, our Cisco partners. As usual, my name's Scott Shell. I'm your host. And today's a really great opportunity for us because I think we've done a lot with our Cisco partners and especially our Cisco team here within, uh, within CX. But today we're talking to, I consider more of an industry partner. So I mean, they're not delivering services to our customers, but they're helping our partners take in an incredibly valuable piece of their business to market. So I've got Todd Ringelman with me. He's a CEO and founder of Ray Allen. Todd, welcome to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So as we start, um, and just to give everybody a baseline, I mean, we've been working together since I've been at Cisco for 12 years. But I think a lot of people still are confused with what, what, what Ray Allen does and where you guys came from. So maybe sure. give us some history of Ray Allen and tell us what you guys are up to. Yeah, th- thank you for the question. And uh, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. But uh, uh, you may know that uh, prior to starting Ray Allen in 1999, I started a Cisco partner. Uh, it was really a joint venture between a technology company, which I came from, and a technology leasing provider. And look, our sole purpose was to leverage the relationships that the leasing company had and to just basically sell them more stuff. And we, uh, we got together with one of the longtime customers, happened to be Quaker Oats at the time, um, and sat down with them and said, hey, look, what can, we, what can we provide you? Hey, we're now a VAR, right? Not just a leasing company. And they said, look, happened to be at the end of the year. We've got this Cisco maintenance contract, and it's a nightmare. Oh, yeah, and this is, this is 10, 15 years ago. Oh, where 20. 20 years ago where, I mean, if our data is still challenged, but back then it was even more challenged because it wasn't even electronic. It, 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 it wasn't. And um, they said, look, if, if you can solve this problem, because every year we go through this process with our partner, it takes us 90 days to get this thing closed. We have to audit it. We have to, you know, there's assets that should be on, and there's assets that shouldn't be on. And, and if you can fix that, then you can have the business. So we went away, came back and said, look, if we build you a web-based portal, will you commit to updating that? Not only would they commit to that, they were ecstatic. Because right now, it was a, it was a, at that time, it was just an exchange through Excel spreadsheets. Yeah, all manumatic, right? Because everyone thinks yeah. that there's so much information out there, but everyone's got a different set of data. The, exactly. the, the manufacturer, the partner, the customer. Yeah, and no one ever fat keys a serial number, right? <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> so, so we went away, and and we, we basically we came back uh, about forty five days later, and we it, we had a very first version of an asset management portal. I would say it was a maintenance contract management. Yeah, portal. the time. Yeah. yeah, but no one else had it, and it it was I, I liken it to the very first version of Amazon. If you remember what that was like, it wasn't very pretty. It was books, <laughs> but it was it was straightforward. And they, they, they said, look, this, this is fit for perfect purpose and you got the business. And the thing I like most about that story is when we did the renewal a year later, we did it over lunch. Yeah. There was no haggling on pricing. There was no, I should, you know, no, no. They saw the immediate value and it wasn't going away. Yeah, exactly. And, and not only that, but uh, there was just no question of what the install base was because we were act- actively managing it throughout the year. And, um, and so, you know, I ran that company from, uh, 99 till 2004 and tremendous success. And actually they went on to be, continued to be a fantastic Absolutely. Uh, a VAR, probably considered some of the best, especially around life cycle. Especially, um, yeah. Done, done great work there. But what I, what I recognized was that as much as our customers were having problems with this, partners are having problems with this. It's, it's not just the fact that the end user can't 
tell you what they have or feel confident in being able to give you a process which will keep the data integrity intact. But partners themselves had no way of really operating and running this. Right. When I first came to Cisco and we were taking, you know, the SNTC collector to market and we're trying to, you know, make a market for you know, for the portal and what that did. Mm -hmm. uh, it was amazing that um, when you talk to customers, they had no idea what Cisco stuff they had, but the, the partners struggled more because they were lost within the system of trying to take different spreadsheets, different data sets, different things and, and merge them together into something that's, that's customer facing. Yeah, absolutely. And so we saw a hole in the, in the industry and instead of you know continuing on a path to just uh, to provide that as value add, which is was absolutely fantastic, um, I, I set out to basically create a offering that was heavily technology focused, but also provide services uh, that partners could consume and deliver this to their customers. And again, at the time, it just happened to be that there were no other real players out there providing web-based uh, portals right. to see this. And, um, you know, fortunately, I think based on the success that I had at the, uh, at the, uh, uh, the partner that I'd started, uh, when I started Ray Allen, we signed at the time, it was the largest Cisco partner. Um, and mostly, I think, on the heels of them losing a lot of business because of, you know, not having a value That's add. That's how it happens. And, uh, and look, I'm, I'm uh, happy to say they're still a customer today. All so. right. So... Tell us what Ray Allen is from a product standpoint. So when you say you're helping our partners with asset management, just get a little deeper with that. Sure, sure. I mean, asset management is such a broad term. Right. But um, at the heart of, of what we do with our partners is to bring them a platform that allows uh, them to not only run their business more efficiently, and frankly, that's the bigger value, but also to then be able to extend that out to their customers. And so very similar to the engagement that, that when we started with Quaker Oats way back in the day um, was to be able to go into a customer and give them a path to do updates so that they could see what they have to make sure that everybody was on the same page right. and to do it in the name of the partner. And that's, you know, that's what we've done and that's what we continue to do today. So... The customer sees an interface that's from the partner, but it's powered by Ray Allen. They can, or it's, um, it, or it's a straight Ray Allen portal. No, it's it's uh, we'll we'll brand it as the yeah. as the customer. Uh, you know, simplistically, the reason why our name sounds like a name is because we knew that our customers, our partners, they're the real technology providers. We weren't going to step in the middle. We're not trying to insert ourselves. It's their relationship. And so by being somewhat not sounding like a tech company, we sound yeah. more like a consulting company, it's easier for us to sort of stay in the background. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's, real, that's one of the larger questions I get about you guys is, what's with Ray Allen? And I, yeah. and I don't think anybody knows that. So that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could tell you I was some marketing genius. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know a lot about SEO. I would have yeah. changed that because it's tough to find us. But uh, what it does do is every customer, every partner inevitably asks us where the name came from. Yeah. And when you're a small company, it's good to be able to talk about your roots. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. But I mean, you're a small company, but you're global, right? We so we're, 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 we're global with this. Um, you're not just, I mean, selfishly, I want to talk about Cisco, but you, know, you don't do just Cisco. No, no. We, we have over 200 OEMs in the platform. Yeah. Um, but Cisco, clearly, by asset count, by uh, 
uh, size of contracts, software licenses, et cetera, far outweighs everybody else. Okay. But All right, so let's pivot for a second, because I want to I uh, kind of drop you a, a term that is tossed around our industry an awful lot, and especially in the data pieces, is a single source of truth. Yep. And that means a lot of different meanings to different people, right? So I know Ray Allen's kind of focused on that. So talk to me about what you guys are doing with single source of truth. Yeah, it, and it's a topic that um, sometimes generates a lot of uh, a lot of conflict when we have conversations, especially with some of our partners. But look, to start off, I, I've been one of the biggest users of single source of truth going back twenty sure. some years. Um, but what I what I think happens is that, especially how it's being used today, is that the idea that there is a single source. Let's just start with that, and then we can talk about the truth piece of it. Um, is just really a misnomer. I mean, yes, um, when, you, when you look at some of the players that are talking about single source of truth for my ticketing system, like a ServiceNow, wonderful, right. wonderful technology provider, or a Salesforce for their single source for, where, where it's a customer engagement, um, that, that, that's all well and good. But in, in reality, especially as we're talking about lifecycle services between a, a Cisco, a partner, and a customer is that you have three sources of data and that's never going to change. Three, three sources of data that is fed by multiple data sets. Yeah, I mean, at minimum, right. you're gonna have, Cisco's gonna have their view, the partner's gonna have theirs, and the customer's gonna have theirs. Well, we're gonna have contracts, shipping, you're gonna have, yeah, all yeah. that crap, right? <laughs> I wish it was one source of data right, right. in each one yeah. of them, but you know, I'm trying not to overextend the, the, the lack of the, the uh, validity to the, to the single source of data. But so, so immediately you don't have single. So, so that kind of takes that out. The, the truth part of it is a little bit more abstract, but if you think about it, if, if, you're an, if you have an end customer and they've got the best processes in place and they know where their assets are, absolutely 100%. This device is in Chicago. I know it, it's the serial number and I want this maintenance, this two hour contract on it. On that one. On that one. That could be absolutely 100% true. But if Cisco thinks it's located in Dallas. That's exactly right. Is it true? Right. And so where that becomes a little more abstract. Because our the, depots the are in stock is, to support that Chicago right. location because we think it's in Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. And when you start talking about cross-border challenges. Oh, even more. It's even more yeah. um, to, to, to then try to deal with that. And, and really, at the end of the day, the, the, you could point the finger at the customer, you could point the finger at the partner, you could point the finger at Cisco. Sure. It needs to be uh, unified. I mean, and ultimately, they're gonna, the one throat they want to choke is typically the partner, right? That's who's providing them the contracts and providing them the, the life cycle. So we've got the different types of single source of truth. We got the customer, we got the partner, we got Cisco, but it's not just taking the data, right? Because you mismentioned right. the, the, the erroneous location of Chicago to, to, to Dallas. How do you chew that up? How do you fix the data? I mean, isn't I mean at some point you've got to talk about reconcil reconciling the data to something that's pretty close to roughly right or are all right. A a absolutely, and and so the the phrase that we coined is what we call the unified source of truth. Unified. Unified. Yep. U S O T. Um, and it, if you think about it, it's um, it's really the heart of what our offering is, and. and um, uh, what that does is that if we sit in the middle of the three single sources of data, yep. and as they're changing, we're taking those changes. 
And we are then reconciling it to your point and making sure that then if, uh, if a customer moves that device from Chicago to Dallas, that then the data not only reflects it into our unified source of truth, but then it's going to update Cisco. It's going to update the partner. I, I had a partner tell me once that uh, we like to think our customers notify us every time they make a change, but they don't. Right. So we've got to have some type of MACD process to make sure we're tracking something, right? So when they, when they do move or delete or something like that, yeah. you guys know about it. Yeah. And look, it's not a perfect world and there is no, you know, magic button. Um, things happen where if a customer doesn't report it or somehow it, it, it just fell off of the process, uh, that data is not going to be truly 100% in sync. But what it does do is it starts to at least shed light as to what's happened. Yeah. So a customer can't come back and say, look, why are you showing the device in, in Dallas when I said it was in Chicago, but there's no, there's no record of doing right. that. And, and you know, we will do things like capture ticket information that is you know, asset tracking uh, impactful and or reconcile with, uh, with Cisco. I, I think one thing that a lot of partners don't understand or know is like we're on pace to reconcile to roughly 25,000 contracts, Cisco contracts every week. And reconcile- 25,000 yep, every week. Every week, where we are basically taking what the entitlement is and comparing it to what it, has, what it, what it should be. And whenever there's a mistake, whenever there's a change, it goes through a process. Right. And, and look, those aren't always automated processes. Sometimes it's manual. Uh, it's just the world that we're in. Um, but we at least now have a path and a process for tracking it and making sure everybody knows that, hey, we think it's in Chicago, Cisco thinks it's in Dallas. It's a conflict. Yeah. Where is, Where is it? it? Let's track it down and get it clean. Yeah. Hey, Todd, we've had the opportunity to spend some time together on the road at different meetings, different yeah. partner meetings, some, some of our system, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I see the relationships you have with our partners, and which is outstanding. So I'd love to, and everyone knows on, the, on, on, on these series, I love stories. And mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what success you guys have. Can, can you tell me about a partner where you kind of helped them with their asset and help them grow their business or kind of what you guys did with them? Yeah. Um, boy, uh, so many, uh, but good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Um, I, I think the one that I'd like to share is um, an engagement with a partner where uh, and, and, and they're consuming the full suite of services from us and they are all in on this process. So not only do they and they have understood what that value can bring to their customers, but frankly, what, you know, partner lifecycle services is gonna to mean to them on a bottom line. Right. And so they're absolutely committed. And we were, we, were, we did our, our first half QBR, our first half uh, review with them. And what was really great for me to see was that not only are they looking at this from a value to the customer to grow business, but they've really embraced it operationally. And the head of their uh, renewal, which has got to be the key, right? I mean, it's got to be part of their process, absolutely. their ITSM, everything. I mean, it's it's frankly the biggest value at yep. the end of the day. Um, and the woman that runs the, the the renewal, very talented, incredibly incredibly smart, and a long history that she knows her stuff. Right. Um, she was giving me an example of saying, had I not had this, I would have just automatically invoiced a customer for a suite of licenses 
that we were showing coming up, but the customer has an EA in place. And because the SKUs were slightly off on the way that it purchased, we didn't yeah. realize it was part of the EA. And so instead of me looking like, you know, foolish in front of my customer or, you know, worse off them thinking that they're doing something underhanded, right. um, they were, they're able to avoid that. And um, for me, why that's, why that is, is so compelling is that not only does it show operationally where those efficiencies can come and how that can really help on the customer relationship side, but what also came out of it was their acknowledgement and recognition of how they're going to grow their teams yeah. into more strategic customer success players. Right. And so that's where I wanted to go next. So that's an awesome story. And uh, um, I know you have a lot of stories like that. Um, hey, so we're going to wrap up here in a second. Um, but I want to kind of give you the last word. Well, not really the last word because I'll talk after you. But um, <laughs> I know personally what, what's coming next for Ray Allen because we've done a lot of work together. But you mentioned PLS a few minutes ago, Partner Lifecycle Services. Talk to me about what's next in, in the space for Ray Allen and Cisco around Lifecycle. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're, and if you, if you think about just our origins, we have been purpose-built for partner lifecycle services, right? I mean, it's, it's in our DNA. Right. It's the perspective that we have. It, we absolutely believe that the value is there. Um, you, you know, the commitment that Cisco has to make that data available is unprecedented, not only for the industry, but even inside of Cisco. And so we are very much in lockstep, I think, with what uh, CX wants to do with, with CX Cloud, PX Cloud, and the whole PLS stack. Um, for us, where we're also, you know, what we're heading really resonated with the keynote today uh, at Cisco Live, um, security, was having a great conversation with uh, Emma Carpenter and, yeah. and security. And, and we were talking about, look, how, how, can you, how can you really have a security play if you don't know where your assets are? Number one, AI. AI is absolutely the hottest. It, it's, it's an easy thing to say. Sure. But for us, we have so much data. We can see so many different trends, whether it's as simple as doing things like propensity to buy or more, which is very customer specific. Are they, are they going to do this or not? but actually industry-wide, what's going on? How, how long are things taking? Where are things that we can uh, make suggestions to go to sales teams, to go drive some conversations? So AI is absolutely top on our list. And then lastly, sustainability. And, and it sounds like I'm stealing right from uh, the, the keynotes yeah. <laughs> today, but those are the three. Sure. And sustainability is such a massive opportunity around sustainability, especially as it pertains to life cycle. Yeah. So we're excited about that relationship as well. That's awesome. Hey, Todd, this has been a great conversation. Um, invite you to come back sometime and fill us in on some new stuff that's happening. I'll be here next with week. Ray Allen. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be traveling together. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Todd. Oh, thank you for the conversation. You bet. So thanks, everybody, for joining us today for the episode of Partner Perspectives, where we have real partners, real stories, real partner success. See you next time.